right, all right, all right. It's time for Let's Talk Shop with Denise and Karina. Whether they're navigating the ebbs and flows of running a large-scale pet industry business or chatting about networking at grooming shows and working vacations at sea, you'll for sure be inspired and ready to take on the world, or at least the next doodle. So grab that cup of coffee or whatever beverage is needed at the moment, and let's talk shop. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Shop with Denise and Karina or Karina and Denise. We still haven't figured out whose name comes first. It's it. Whichever. I think, I think if it's we could put them way. both together. Yeah. Like if we what could would put our, them right together. What would our Brangelina name be? Would it be Carice? Darina? We're going to workshop that. Those are both terrible. Okay. So we're not going to. Yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Denise, this is really exciting because we have our, we've been guests on other podcasts, but we have our first official guest on our podcast. They like us. Do, I, I, I just, do they? Are we sure? They're, they're going to love us, right? We're so yeah. personable. Denise, who do we have here today? We have Dr. Molly and Todd Roland. Um, they started hitting the scene last year, right? Into the, the trade show world and- they took uh, some of my classes in PetQuest last year, yes. and it's just like-minded people, and we've just hit it off since then, and I thought they'd be a great asset because they, too, have a large-scale business, and I will let them talk about their business. Awesome. So thank you guys for having us. Uh, yeah, Denise, you're right. Um, we kind of broke into the, we've always been pet groomers and we've had a pet grooming business for 10 years, but we broke into kind of like the conference scene and trying to like actually speak at some of the seminars um, and started the podcast this year back in April. Um, so it's just been a whirlwind. We've met some great people. Like you said, I met you at um, PetQuest and it has been one of the best um, industry relationships that I've made. So we're excited to be on here today too, because like you said, like we're all kind of at that, that level where we have multiple, um, different income streams. We have a lot of employees and just a lot of, um, in that business space, but yet we're all a little different too. So I like that. So, uh, tell, I, tell us a little bit about, um, what kind of setup you have. Um, cause you know, Denise and I both have brick and mortar. Uh, Denise has two locations. I have one, but we're about the same size. What, what's your setup right now? Um, right now. So we've got six mobile vans that service, um, one area and it's about an hour from where our salon and boarding kennel is. Um, and then we have a multi-groomer salon there. Um, so two different cities, two different price points, two different kind of business models for each. Um, and then we're looking to expand that to um, further into like the boarding and training um, areas as well. Fabulous. And um, oh, I mean, I have a million questions. Should I just start just peppering? Yeah, like, go just, for it. No, I know just, you guys have <laughs> never really gosh. talked. And no. Like, um, I'm really so, excited about all this. So which came first, the mobile um, or the brick yeah. and mortar? So first came the mobile. Um, I'm a groomer too, uh, by trade. So I started grooming just to like work my way. I was working my way through college. And then I, so in 2010, got my first mobile. And then 2006, or no, 2014, first mobile. 
2016, we got built our second one. And then we've just kind of grew. We really grew during COVID, um, our mobiles. Um, 2019, we I stepped away from mobile and opened the salon because um, we wanted to live closer to the lake where we were spending a lot of our time. So, and then from there, uh, we grew it. And then this past year, we outgrew our space. So we moved to another location and we got to build it out to just kind of deal with our growth. And boarding was an area we had wanted to get into. So now that we actually had the space, we bridged into there. Um, and now we're kind of just looking at you know, uh, growth and expansion in all those areas, not just grooming like mm. we have in the past. Yeah. Um, wh- like what's your division of labor like between your locations and between the two of you and, and like, yeah, tell me, tell me the nitty gritty. So, okay. I'll take this one. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I keep waiting to know what Todd wants to put in. Well, I'll, I'll um, like, I, I handle the mobile side of the business because okay. it, it's just easier for us to split, divide, and conquer than both of our hands being in everything. So I handle most of the mobile side of our business. Molly handles most of the salon and boarding area. Yeah. So Todd's always been around and he's always been involved. Um, but up until this past year, I had always kind of handled the day-to-day operations, employee issues, uh, maintenance, things like that. Um, I also still groomed a little here and there. This was the first year that I even, last year I groomed about five dogs a month. So not a lot, but like I had the ones that, you know, oh, they have to have me and I can't let them go and no one else will ever take care of them like me. And then it was like, um, I just had to step back because trying to fit that in an already busy schedule. Um, so really it was like this year I completely stepped back. Um, Todd learned how to schedule, how to everything A to Z. And so that was where we were kind of stepping on each other's toes. And it was like, I'd think he did something. He thought I did something, um, or, you know, nobody is ever going to do it like me. And Todd probably is the closest thing because he was with me all the time. So finally, that's where we came up with like the separation of like division of duties. Like it was just easier for him to take over the mobile and then me to take over the salon. So that way it's not like, well, I thought you were going to do it. You thought I was going to do it. And like uh, me telling an employee one thing, him telling him something else. So that's yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. And then as far as like the coaching and the speaking, things like that, um, I will typically put together the content with like his input. Um, and I typically present the classes, but he's always there because he always thinks of something I don't, um, things like that. And then with our coaching, it's kind of, we're both involved. It's like, again, like, so we'll both be on a call or we'll both look at the the business and it's just, we'll go from there. But it's kind of a two for one with us because this the business is our only business so like every aspect of it it's like we talk about balance but even when we're off we're like talking about work but it's it's like a good thing you know so yeah so like (laughs) Um, my Todd I had to ship him off to a different location too I know Todd's mm, everywhere there's just Todd's everywhere so um my Todd when he came on same thing non-groomer right teaching him all the things what are you talking about you don't know you know you don't know anything I was the same way um so the way we made it work was you manage this location and I'll manage this location and um we learned it's a really big learning curve I have to say so it made me giggle when you were talking about how like 
I'm like, yep, that sounds very familiar because that's how it worked with us. <laughs> yeah. I know we want to put together like a, I don't know, like a roundtable discussion on like married couples or just couples in general that like work together because like there's a fine line of like, this is going to work wonderful and this is going to be a disaster, but you have, like once you navigate it, it's great, but it's like, it's getting to that navigation that you're like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, so for me, um, I, I've always been like very uh, hesitant to let my partner into the business at, at all. Um, and our families, especially in the beginning, they just assumed it was both of ours. So like, you know, we go to family picnics or whatever and they're like, how's the business going? And they're asking him all these questions. And I'm like, he doesn't do anything there. He, <laughs> he like changes light bulb sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, like if I need a really tall person, like yeah. I, that's, that's when we call him. But, um, yeah, cause I'm, I'm, it's just me. And, um, you know, I do have a, a general manager that handles a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff to get that off of nice. my plate, yeah. um, which has been fabulous because it means it opens me up to a lot more, just, mm. just more things that I can be doing with my day. Um, you know, day to day, you don't want me in the salon. I'm a terror. So it's actually better <laughs> if I'm, if I'm working from home and I come in for like quick, quick little visits, but, um, but just recently I've been letting, um, my partner kind of be more involved with, you know, like just more technical things. Um, and, and also, uh, I bought the building last year and oh, he nice. is super duper handy. So he's been, uh, he's been around a lot more and I gotta be honest, it's been, very it's been great but it, it was definitely like a a weird thing to let go of of this kind of to let somebody else in on your baby is well i, I think yeah. to get to the size that all of us are you you really do need the extra person because so many people rely on you to pay their bills and feed their families that if something happens to you somebody else you obviously have a great general manager but someone else needs to be able to keep that flow going to if something happens yeah. Yeah. And, and just so you feel supported, you know, I think Denise and I talk a lot about the mental toll of, of supporting, I'm sorry, my golden retriever is <laughs> just going to sit on my chest right now. Um, so excuse me for just a second. Um, but the mental toll of, of kind of feeling like it's all on your shoulders, feeling like it's, it's all up to you and, um, and having that balance and having that support, from from somebody is is huge that's that's how we can all you know get up in the morning and keep doing what we're doing right definitely well and it's um, hard when we get to these sizes too to have that support so yeah yeah it's it's and that's why you know part of this recording this has been so helpful to me is is finding similarly sized businesses that are kind of going through the same thing where I'm not I'm not exactly where I want to be yet but like we're established we're good we've got mm -hmm. You know, we've got SOPs and we have good practices and I'm I'm happy with how we're how we're going and where we're going, but we're not there yet. We're not done yet and we want to keep growing. Um so yeah, like for in terms of expansion, do you guys think do you think more mobile, another brick and mortar location? Do you think all of the above? We're uh it's all of the above. We're definitely adding another mobile um uh, unit this year, possibly two mobile units. We definitely have one in the works, but the other one's kind of questionable depending on a few things. And then um, we are um, expanding to another brick and mortar. It's just that we can't release those details at this time. Due to sure. NDA. Yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. Um, well, I'm 
amazed because mobile is so scary to me. And I, you know, part of that is just, it's not what I do. It's the unknown. And I'm sure once yeah. you do it and you, you get used to it, but like kudos to you guys. Cause that's, that's a lot of, of units on the road. And that's a lot of, um, that's a lot of moving pieces. That's a lot of like balls up in the air all at once. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing is like, we see a lot of discussion, like everyone is always like, you know, you'll see them in the groups, you know, a national Facebook group. And it's like, what do you guys charge for a doodle? And it's like, well, that's an individual thing. Like even it, like you want to be in your same like price range, like do some market research. But like what I'm charging in middle Tennessee is not going to be what you need to charge in California or Florida or wherever. And it's like, what are your expenses and all that? And everyone's like, oh, well, if you're mobile, like that's, it's a whole separate ball game. And like, you can charge whatever you want and all that. So no wonder you make a lot of money. So it's like, which is true, but you know, with mobile too, is like what people don't realize is the expenses are way more. So it's like, yes, you can charge a lot more and we do. Cause it's like a true luxury at your home, but like the expenses, whereas our salon, we can add, you know, as many groomers as we have space for, and our expenses are just going to, you know, go up very small amounts. So uh, I think mobile for us, we haven't figured out because that's where we started. So like, for me, it was like, we added one and then another and then another. And it was just like, the growth was kind of organic. And it was just, we had been doing it. So it was easy. But yeah, I see the hesitation um, or just the difference, but, and it's not for everybody. It's not for every area either, but for us, it was easy because that's how we started. I think. We yeah. also suggest people that are thinking about mobile come right along with us. Like, even if you're going to service our same area, don't, don't go out and buy a hundred thousand dollar van and think you're going to be successful because it will stress you out constantly with all the moving parts that do not work out all the time. Yeah, I I'm interested. Like, what kind of demographic do you guys what 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 are we looking for? If if somebody wants to start mobile, like, should they look for a specific demographic in their area, or is it really tailored to you know the place that you're in? Because for me, I'm I'm in a very suburban urban community, and like I think for just knowing what little I know about mobile is, you yeah. know, if, if, if I would assume that it's much easier in an urban suburban environment than rural, but like I hear stories of rural mobile groomers kicking ass and like mm -hmm. doing amazing work and, and being very successful. So like, is there a formula or is it just, it, it really depends. I'd say it really depends. Um, we only service one County. So in our County, we've got like, it's pretty large and we have that very rural area. And then we've got the majority of it is like city, you know, more suburban. And so it depends on a lot of things. It depends on uh, like space. So like we at one point had a truck and trailer unit and um, we'll never do that again because like parking. So rural, like where some of these have people have half a mile driveways and there's nowhere to turn around or like in the city, you can't even park in the road because then you're blocking the neighbor's driveway. So that's a factor. And then also it's just kind of your business model. Like our business model in this is our salon or mobiles is like, we are a luxury all-inclusive. So we use high-end products. There's no add-ons for, you know, conditioner, teeth, nail filing, like all that is included. And then plus, you know, we just have kind of like a surcharge, like we're we're more expensive than anyone else, but that's, um, 
again, that's our service, our service model. Um, so like we know people, luckily where our mobiles are, are there's enough of a spread of people. Like, I don't know, there's probably 20 mobile units, at least in, in our city where ours operate. And like everybody is just turning away clients because there's so many. So you can pick and choose. There are some that like the a la carte. So they like a cheaper base price and they're more like we have people we recommend if we're too expensive or like if, you know, it's something we can't do for the longest time. We didn't do cats. So we we did them out. Now we have cat groomers. We know mobiles that like they'll drive you know, like an hour, hour and a half outside of their, where they live just to go service an exclusive clientele, because that's the kind of pricing they want. So I don't, again, I don't think that's even a one size fits all. I think it's just how you want to set up and what kind of clients you want and where you want your pricing. And then that's kind of where you find your clients. So yeah, I'm that's... toying around my diversification. I'm toying around with a cat mobile unit because that's Wait, what, what? Yeah. cat only mobile and do you remember when we were on the one uh last cruise with kim and no. the north carolina people who had the um mobile unit that just does short-haired dogs okay i, I don't do know remember that, that but I, they were on the cruise it was somebody yeah somebody that's just doing like what like labs and pugs and beagles and stuff. yeah nice that's yeah. the dream there was yeah. someone in our area um that just did nail trims and they were making a killing yeah, just, yeah. I mean, they were fully booked six days a week doing nothing but nail trims and she ended up getting pregnant and taking off time so i'm not sure where she's at right now but i mean yeah. she was very, i don't think very she ever came demand. back but yeah i don't think she, and we <laughs> have one yeah there's that so just many does people baths. Yeah, there's so many people who can't put their cats in carriers and they don't travel well and stuff like that so i'm yeah. like I've toyed around with that idea. Diversification. That was Karina and I's last uh, topic too, is diversifying and stuff. That's our goals. So yeah, no, I thought about a cat-only mobile unit because you don't need really far for it. It doesn't have to be a big unit. Right, um, no. Just the, the, I just had to figure out the dynamics of, I like there to be two people with cats. They yeah. don't like save. And I, it's just a me thing. I know that people can do it. I don't like that idea. So just trying to figure out the dynamics of having two people, but no, I thought about doing, um, one of my thoughts was that that are, um, all catboarding, give me a facility and set yeah. up a whole bunch of condos and people will come because they don't want their cats with dogs. Yeah. We have, yeah. uh, we have one by our airport here and mm -hmm. it, it does really well because yeah. it's, it's just all cats. Um, that's too many cats for me personally, but you guys, that, that's your blue ocean. You go get it. Cause I'll stick over here with the dogs. Well, we were just talking about this today. I actually have somebody on my staff who is like just super allergic to cats to the point where even if I give her the day off when we're doing cats, the next day she's still having a hard time. And it's mm -hmm. not like, you know, it's, it, it's just no matter what you do, she's so cats are out as long as she's in my employment. Cause I'm not going to make her miserable. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, there's so many options. There's so many places to go. And I think um, that's been really exciting for this industry. I think in the last 10 years in particular, you know, since I've gotten into it, seeing that, like, like you said, there's no one size fits all. Like, maybe you want to mm -hmm. just bop around town and do nail trims all day. Like, you can make a living off of that now. It's not that weird. It's not that, you know, strange. And I, you know, I almost think there's, there's so much power in being really niche and, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, like, like with you guys, with being all luxury, like you're big, but you're niche. And that's what, that's what I want to be. Mm, yeah, it does yeah. seem like the more niche that we've seen people be in the industry, actually, you know, it, it appears that they're a lot more successful in that little bitty area that they choose to, you know, be in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's difficult because like the business person in me, of course, I want to be niche because it means that like you're providing an excellent service and you can like really hone your your operations and you can like set yourself apart. But then on the other hand, I want to protect us. So like how niche is too niche? Like what other service offerings do I need to provide to, like you said, diversify kind of our income streams so that, you know, we're we're not all focused on one thing. So for me, like right now, um, grooming, just our regular grooming services are still about 75% of our overall income. But that used to be like 95%. And I have whittled that number down by growing our retail, by growing our self-service, by growing our training offerings. Nice. And thanks. And um, it makes me feel a lot better because it's, you know, it. I'm always thinking like, uh, not to be morbid, but um, like, what's the worst thing that could happen to our industry? And besides a global pandemic, which we, you know, we did that. We all, we all figured that out. That, that yeah. doesn't work. We made well. it through that. Yeah. Can't, it turns out it can't groom dogs over zoom. So not great. Um, but you know, the second worst thing I think would be dog flu or, or mm. unexplained, uh, whatever it was, unexplained canine respiratory disease. Oh, the upper respiratory. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I think knock on wood might have fizzled out. I haven't heard anything in a while and it looks like it was, it was just our kind of seasonal thing, right? I, yeah, I hope so. Yes. Here's yeah, how it looks like. Out until one of the mom groups on Facebook picks it oh up my and God. close it up yeah. again. Right? Yeah. Right. No, it's out of proportion. But anyway, so like thinking, you know, I want to be niche, but I don't want to be so niche that I can't survive a dog flu. And that's mm -hmm. kind of been like my weird mantra lately yeah. um, because I'm like, I got to find a way to make money if we can't groom dogs. For some yeah. reason. And economically, I mean, we all know that it's unstable, right? There has to come a crash at some point from the COVID. It has to come, not necessarily a crash, but it has to plateau and figure its ebbs and flows and get back to a, a semi-normal, whatever that may be. And let's face it. Um, I know I've had this conversation with Molly and Karina. I've had it with you too. You know, after post-COVID is is not realistic economically, right? It has to, yeah. with inflation, how fast it went up and all that other stuff. So all signs point to there's going to be a lull at some point in every area. And whatever that looks like can be different in each area. But finding those ways to still get that income so your numbers aren't dipping, um, so that you're still able to sustain what you need to. Yeah. Some things that we found um, were one kind of trying to diversify, like this is our first year for boarding. And then like we would like to do training and we're going to we're looking into daycare now that we're kind of have our boarding settled. Um, but just like community events, we talked about this in um, Samantha had that mastermind group. So I don't know what month it was, maybe last month. And it was about this. It was about the um, canine flu, about slowdowns. Like, what do you do to like bring people in? Because like we've noticed, like you said, the economy, like it's just not sustainable. So like we haven't necessarily lost, we've lost a few clients over pricing, but most of them will go from like a two week schedule to a four or a four to a six. So like 
they're just pushing out, which leaves us room to take new clients. So it's like, so then it's like, well, how do we bring in new clients, especially if we're more expensive and all this. And so for us, it's been really honing in on what we do offer. And like you said, we're, we market ourselves as niche, but we've been marketing our groomers as a niche. Like if we have one that likes doodles, like she's a doodle specialist. We have one that likes cats. She's a cat right? I knew you were going to do that, Karina. Yeah. <laughs> so so like, everybody like, yeah. looks at me like I have uh, two heads when I'm like, call yourself a doodle specialist. And they're like, yep, what? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because there's an, what, what? Like you're not? Like, of yeah. course you are. Like, all we do is doodles all day. You're all doodle specialists. Who's yeah. going to come tell you that you're not a doodle specialist? The doodle king? Like, <laughs> you're, you're a doodle specialist. Like, boom. You're, you're knighted. There you go. Yep. And then, like, customers are like, oh, my God, they have a doodle specialist. Or they have a they have a senior specialist, a puppy specialist. Like, we've got a specialist for everything because yeah. it's something someone likes to do. So they want more of them. And they, they do. They specialize in it. But it's, like, things like that. We just started... Um, and they're really fun. Like our community does these first Fridays. So it's like the small businesses stay open later. And it's like, you do some kind of monthly thing. Like the next one in March, like we're having an open house because we don't allow our, our front lobby is blocked off from like the rest of our salon. So you can see our like grooming kennel area, but that's it. So it's like, when we moved our old salon, like you could walk in and there was just half doors to the board, to the bathing, grooming, like you could see everything. So people are kind of like, well, why can't we see anything? So it's like, so now it's like, we have these open houses every month They're planned two hours. Nobody's grooming a dog. And then if we have like boarding or daycare dogs they are either out, you know, in a pen or they're in their kennels. And it's like, so then you have a chance to open it up for the community. Two hours, they can walk through. We do a half price nail trim and that gets people in the door in itself. Um, and then we do something fun, like free, like bandanas or like for March, we're doing like green chicken broth, like green beer and like hiding a shamrock for a prize. And so like, there's all kind of things just to get people in, even if you're not even spending a lot of money in it to like, to kind of deal with those ebbs and flows, especially as like, we may see more and more of them this yeah, year. This, this last time we had several people that come through and book services that haven't been in before that weren't current customers. So that was good. Nice. That's great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like creating foot traffic is so important. And um, I find that a lot of those community events are the best way to do that. I mean, you can, you can do Facebook ads, you can, and of course, word of mouth is great, but sometimes there's nothing better than just having a crowd of people moving through your facility and checking it out. And a lot of people, it makes you stand out. So, um, I don't know. I'm the only groomer when I go to them, when we participate, we're the only groomer and there's a ton. So yeah. it, it helps stand out. Um, I've noticed that I've went with the marketing that we are now 10 years so I went ahead and did that. And in these ups and downs, um, I've just been tweaking our social media and going a little bit more of a expert type, not just showing dogs. You know, Karina had, um, you had a whole shout out from Candice about showing your staff and stuff like that. I went through and I'm not a big creeper of my competitors, but I do have um, for, I'm really not, but I do have <laughs> friends that, um, will share their stuff. Right. Then, um, I know everyone else is doing pictures of dogs. How do you make that stand out? And like, um, and just finding those different things that in your area. Yeah. So that's what I've been focusing on too. Um, 
my my biggest question is, you know, you guys have this setup that sounds really great and you have um, plans for growth. What is your end goal? Do you have like a big, like crazy 10-year plan or are you kind of just like, you know what, let's keep incrementally building and see where it takes us? I think we have different end goals. I'll let Todd, I'll let Todd answer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And oh, then this is I'll, great. Look, look, at what a good, look at what a good interviewer I am. I found <laughs> I it. it. I found the the, <laughs> the difference. Okay, take a take a crack at it, Todd. So I think we have we have the same timeline for our end goal. We just have different goals. I have a number in mind that I need to hit because I, also, I love real estate. It's my other love. And so I want to keep building that portfolio of ours so that we actually have real mailbox money uh, one day and using this as a tool to get there. And so once we hit that number, I will be very happy. Molly's in goal, I feel like it just keeps building and building and building. So do you have a, a sales goal or do you have a an assets goal? Um, It's either or. I would be okay. fine to be able to sell at one point in time for a number um, or be able to at least hire people at a great rate that we could trust and that our team would be happy with okay okay and then molly what what do we think yeah so i always joke and say i'm going to retire at 40 so todd's a year older than me i'm 35 he's 36 so our birthdays are like three days apart so it's like and by retire i don't mean like i'm not gonna work or like do anything but it's like when i retire to me that is i'm going to say no to every single thing i don't want to do whether it's you know with business wise personal professional so like todd now has decided he wants to retire at 40 so i get to retire at 39 so <laughs> <laughs> so again that's like um like our you know, again, we, about the work-life balance, like our, the last couple of years have just been go, 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 grow, grow, grow. And it's like, for us, it is that end goal. Like we don't want to, we don't have like an exact number. And it's like, just how like we're in this NDA with this other organization to expand. It's, you know, one side of the coin, like the Todd side may want to get us to a point that we can then sell to someone like us and then for a set price and then invest that money elsewhere. And then the other side, it's like, do you want to grow and grow? And then you hire someone to replace you. And then, you know, it's this concept we call mailbox money. So it's like, from our rentals, we get a check in the mail. So it's mailbox money. Like if we got this business to a point where we had people running it the day to day, kind of like your general manager, that we did not have to make any kind of day to day decisions. Um, and we would get quote unquote mailbox money from it. That's kind of my end goal is just to have more, um, to keep growing and, but at a pace and with people that we trust and that we know will answer questions like we answer questions, do things like we do it, make decisions like we make decisions. So, I mean, eventually the end goal is whether we get it to a point that we're not involved in the day-to-day -day operations that we're reporting to like, you know, our trusted like leaders that deal with the managers who deal with the team members. And then it's just kind of like, we just help the business keep growing and growing. It's that work on your business, not in your business concept. We talk about all the time. Um, 
So I don't know. I know our team members are going to listen to this. So it's like, I don't just want to say like one day, like, bye guys. But like, you know, <laughs> it's so because we would never just do that. You know, even if it right. did get to a point where we did let it go one day, um, it would be with us involved. Like it would be a very serious vetting process. Um, the last thing we would ever want to do is just walk away for a dollar amount and then it turn into like a shit organization with bad culture, which is like the complete opposite of everything we're trying to do. Mm. So, um, but I don't know, we like the coaching, we like the speaking, um, and we like the business aspect, the growing of it. Like I said, I don't groom anymore. So at this point it is all just business and, um, relationship building and things like that. Um, but on the flip side of that, like our we set our entire team up to self-manage. I am not a micromanager. Like your first two, one to three months, I will micromanage the crap out of you. Like our employees joke that like my list have list, um, which is true. <laughs> but it's like from that point, once you've been trained, like they they know how to handle a client conflict. They know how to fix a ticket. They know how who to call when they get a flat tire. Like, you know, they are set up to self-manage. And so I don't, we don't feel the need. We don't have to hover. We don't have to be at every van or every location. That's not to say we don't still interact with them and things. And it's just like, at some point we'll have to remove ourselves from that personal aspect of the day to day, because we will have so many team members. Um, but again, we want to just make sure to build the structure and support. So they feel like they are still have that bond with us, even if it's through someone else. I don't know. That, that was a long-winded answer to your question. I apologize. Oh, no, that was well, great. That was great. <laughs> no, and that's hard because Karina's asked me before. I mean, we had our Christmas party. I don't know if any of my employees will listen to this, but um, I'm already horrible with names. I don't know some of my own employees, to be honest, because yeah. I I didn't hire them. Um, I don't make it over there like I need to and I want to because life happens everywhere else. Um, which is why Todd manages that one. So they know him, but like when we had our Christmas party, it felt horrible because I had to ask Todd, I'm like, okay, this is so-and-so, right? Just so I didn't make a mistake. And it is hard when I realized that I hit that point, it was, it was a little difficult. So, um, it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I think, you know, I, something I'm always working on is empowering my employees to make the right choice in the moment and not have to go get a manager when a client is upset about something, not having to get a manager, um, you know, if they, if they don't know how to do something, cause hopefully like I'm teaching them troubleshooting and I'm teaching them, um, you know, I can't teach every single scenario that's ridiculous, no. but, yeah. but teaching them, giving them the tools to make good choices in the moment is, is everything. Um, but Denise and I talk all the time about what does success look like? Like, for different people and and certainly there's a lot of comparing success to what other what your peers are doing in the industry and I struggle with this very much because all the time I yeah I yeah. I I don't have a I don't have a blueprint that looks enough like me I have a lot of I mean I I have a whole wide range of people on my social media some of them think success is groom team some of them think it's, you know, it's it's traveling for grooming competitions. Some people think success means uh, closing your client book and not having to take new clients, which good for you. Yeah. I, I personally think that's crazy. I think that's yeah. nuts. But, <laughs> but you know what? You do you. Um, yeah. 
so it's it's kind of this strange thing of like um so I also would like to retire when I'm 40 I'm also 35 um and I'm I've been struggling with this question of like when is it good enough when is like how much is enough and um yeah and like what what does that look like for me and for me um I do have a number in mind um I very much want to be this is like a silly dream but I I want to be nominated for a best place to work award in our area that that is a thing that's in the area um and I want to be the official dog groomer of the Buffalo Bills someday and this is me speaking my silly dream out into existence, <laughs> yeah. um, which I know is definitely like a big sponsorship that we would have to pay for. But I want to be big enough that that actually makes financial sense for us because I love this town and I I just think it would be really funny and very charming. Um, so but I, I don't know like how many locations it's going to take for me to get there. I don't know how many groomers it's going to take for us to get there. And and I also don't know, you know, sometimes I think maybe maybe in two years I'll be like you know what right now it's enough and like this is success and I'm gonna I'm gonna punch out right now like you know George Costanza leave on a high note and um, don't ruin it right um, but for me I I I don't think I want to sell I think I still want to be involved like even though if I retire at forty I think I still want to be involved afterwards. Um, just because it'll it'll give me something to do because I do yes I do worry like I love it too much I can't imagine yeah. oh yeah you guys know like what what is it what does it mean to not work what does it mean to retire right, right? like yeah it, right it doesn't mean not working that's not in the cards no. for us no 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 well and that's sort of where I hit this year you know we just kept growing and growing last year we were talking about adding in more locations and I sort of hit my limit this year and I'm like there's something not sitting right. I really want to get this more honed in. I want it to be. So I think it sounds like we're all about the same where we just keep on going. And I think we can trust ourselves to know when we've either hit that limit. Um, when we were, I don't even know if I, Karina, I told you this when we were on the cruise. Um, I made that how I freaked out about making that decision of going down to five days a week because I couldn't handle the seven days a week anymore and stuff. When we were on the cruise, Todd ran the numbers. We are at, we were at that point, the same numbers as we were the year before. Oh, and nice. We went down to the five days. So yeah. like, you know, stuff like that and trusting ourselves, but yeah, I'm the same way, but all of our success looks so it's not, it doesn't look different. We've attained it differently. And I think that's where I really, this, this heart episode for me is because you see across Facebook, like Karina was saying, like books are closed or whatever. And, and you compare and it doesn't have to, you, other people's successes don't dictate ours. I think as long as you're happy, you're still doing what you're doing and your business model works. I mean, just keep, keep moving. If that's what makes you happy. Cause I know we talk about doing different things and stuff, but I think we, we get too much joy out of what we're doing to, <laughs> step away really well that's where it comes in again like it's it, it when we say retire it's not we're gonna walk away and be done it's just like right. there will be people in place or systems in place that like if your van breaks down or your water pump bus it's not Todd and I it's a no like okay you know you know Karen go fix that or whoever it is you know it's just like there'll be someone and so that's that's where we want to get at I don't know like we always joke like Todd's like um you know, I'll be like, I don't know, on my deathbed, still trying to like put together a presentation or something. Like, it's just, <laughs> you know, but 
as business owners too, it's kind of like, this is something that we've just really been talking a lot about. It's like, what, what do you want to do? Like my whole, and like, what are your goals? And then being okay with those changing, because like when I started, like I had that goal, like my goal was, okay, I'm going to start this mobile in five years. I'm going to have two mobiles in Tennessee and I'm going to take one and move to Florida. So, and then two months after I started my business, I met Todd who was in Tennessee with me. And then now this is where we're at and we're in Tennessee and we've like grown it to this great thing. Um, I started my master's when I got my first, right before I got my first employee or I just had him. So I was like, I know grooming. I know mobile. I don't know anything about business. And so it's like, well, I started, no, I started that when I started my mobile. Um, so I was like, I don't know how to run a business. I need to go learn. And then from there, I had always wanted to teach. So I was like, well, I want to teach in college. So now I'm teaching at a college and like I teach business applications. And it just the other day we were talking. It's like, you know, we always talk about like our one year plan, our five year, our 10 year plan, whatever. And then it's just like I Todd just look at me. He's like, you know, just because you spent all that time and money on your degree, like because now I have my doctorate it's like, you don't have to teach. Like that was the goal. But like, and I was like, you know what? Every time I talk about like my five-year plan or like my dreams or my goals, it's me teaching in that kind of academic space isn't even a part of the conversation anymore. It's like every part of the conversation is grooming and boarding and speaking and, you know, networking and all the podcasts and all these things. And it's like that whole, that whole section is out. That doesn't mean that like, I'm not still going to do research or I'm not going to whatever, but it's just like being okay. And I think as business owners or even just groomers, like let's say like you start grooming, even if you're not a business owner or whatever, and you take like your goal is like you said, maybe it's to be on Groom Team USA. And it's like you do it for two or three years and you may, maybe you're like, well, creative is my thing. And it's like, but you still keep trying to get on like Groom Team for something. And it's just like, being okay with accepting that like your dreams and your goals change as you change. Like I'm not the same person I was when we started Molly's Pampered Paws 10 years ago, like by any means. So it's just like this week, it literally just hit me that like my goals and dreams are completely different than what I thought they were. And I'm completely okay with that. It was actually a weight lifted when I decided to shed some of that, like this will be my last mm -hmm. semester teaching in that academic space. And it's like, I'm not dreading it. I'm not a disappointment. Like I'm actually excited that I have more time to do the things I want to do. And so I don't know. I think that's important too. When we tried our own a personal goal, we kept trying to go south for the winter longer and longer. And this year we were able to pull it off for eight weeks, go to Florida for eight weeks. After eight weeks, we were like, I don't think that's what we want to do, even though mm -hmm. it's three years of building up to be able to do that. You know, first we went for, you know, two weeks, then a couple of weeks, and then it turned into eight weeks this last year. And after we did it, it's like, well, we worked so hard to, to make that achievable, but it's actually is not what we wanted. We thought it was going to be. So this year we have totally different goals. Yeah, I love that. I mean, the goal, I think, honestly, is to have a choice, right? The goal yeah. is to not be yeah. beholden to anything. I, I have worked very hard. And, and I'm now reaping the, the, what I've always wanted. And now I don't want it anymore, which is yeah. I've made myself so operationally useless in my own establishment. <laughs> yes. They That's don't need, though. they don't need me at all. Like, honestly, yeah. I am such window dressing there. Like I just get in their way and, yeah. <laughs> and it's, 
I, I have to like check my pride because some part of me wants to be useful and wants to very much to contribute, but my best contributions are at my desk and at home and mm-hmm. not actually on the floor with them. So it's, you know, it, it, it changes from, it changes for me from day to day. And I think absolutely like understanding that your goals are going to change and your goal posts are going to change and it's, it's okay. You have to learn how to pivot. We talked about this, I think last time too, you know, pivoting in your, your business and your goals. It was a hard pill for me to swallow when I realized I didn't want to compete. Like that was always my goal was I want to compete. I'm going to get this dog. I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I never, I want no part of upkeeping any kind of competition dog (laughs) at all. The upkeep, I'm like, no, but I still had it in my head for way too long because of that reason. Cause I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't give up on this because I want to go ahead and push. And then as soon as I did let go of that, like Molly, you said it, it was a nice weight lifted off of my shoulders. I'm like, no, this is okay. I don't have to compete to, um, to earn my worth in the, the grooming community. Right. Like that was just, when you're a groomer, that was sort of what you tried to achieve was competition. Yeah. Yeah. But success looks like many different things. So thank you so much, um, Molly and Todd. Um, We're going to end it there, but we want to talk more in the future. I know I have a million more questions for you guys. Like I want to pick your brains about. Yeah, you too. I'm I'm curious too. We tried retail once and it didn't seem to do well, but there was no plan, no organization. It was just like, oh, this stuff is cute. Let me put this out. Oh, this is cute. Oh, this is on sale. And then it was just like her her love language. Yeah. We just like recycling language inventory and it's just like I see all these amazing cute retail setups and it's like I want that to be me one day um and I I think I feel like are you doing you're doing a retail class at West right I am and it's like it's on my list it's like um, how to dip your toe in like how to dip your toe in when you've never done anything or what you have done just doesn't work when is it oh don't Uh that i I feel like it's i feel like it's either thursday evening or friday day it is not thursday evening because that is my sanitation class um yeah i will i'm sure it's on the groom expo west um i'll find it page but i'm gonna be there (laughs) it is you know what it's honestly i teach it it's like a very organic thing of like here's how i started and here's what i learned and like i'm gonna take you through my journey through it so that you have kind of the process at the end but it's it is my favorite part of the business. It's right right now. Ask me again in a month. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is um, you know, generating income without being beholden to payroll in a way that has really kind of unshackled the rest of my business from that, that equation. And um, yeah, I love talking about it. So, um, but thank you so much for, for yes, being thank here. Thank you. And yeah, thanks for, for having us. Yeah. And we'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. We will see. Uh, we will talk to you guys. Uh, our let's talk shoppers. Is that what we're calling them? Our shopper? No. Our shop- yeah. No. We're gonna we're gonna keep workshopping it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we uh, will talk to you after Groom Expo West. Yes. Good. Yeah. Have a good day, everyone. Have a good one.